Welcome to the Midlife Worthy Moms podcast for The Graceful Empty Nester, Episode 4. Today, we're talking about negotiating fairness. Now, maybe it's just a simple expectation that you have that's not being met, or maybe it's something more serious that feels like it's turning your life upside down. I'm going to walk you through five steps to negotiating fairness with your adult children. Are you a mom that's taken by surprise and finds herself struggling with her adult child? It's time to grab a pen and notebook because I'm about to share some insider information that will help you navigate through this challenging phase. I'm Kim Damon, a mom, a life coach, and an Enneagram coach. I specialize in helping moms of adults in rediscovering the connection with their adult kids. Just imagine, Mom, stepping into a state of drama remission with your adult children. Together, we'll build a life grounded in grace and the peace that comes from truly knowing who you are as a midlife woman and a mom. Make sure you visit my website, the link is in the show notes, and grab your free course, Thriving in a Divided Family. It's packed full of valuable insights. Sometimes we get stuck on what's fair or not fair. It's really not surprising to me. Maybe you've heard some of these things before, like, you need to be fair and share, or that sounds fair to me, or how about life isn't always fair. Now, I'm not criticizing the person that wants to be impartial and just, but I'm just pointing out that being fair is really subjective. What is fair or unfair is dependent upon each individual's own beliefs. Now, you might think it's fair for your kids to pay for their own insurance or cell phone when they turn 18. And they might believe that it's fair for you to pay the insurance and cell phone until they're able to get on their feet and afford it. You might believe that it's fair for them to pay rent if they come back home. And they might believe that they should live rent-free. After all, they used to live with you. It's all subjective. It doesn't mean that you are doing anything right or wrong or that you believe what you believe is fair or unfair. It just simply means that there's a difference in what is fair and unfair. There's an expectation that is not meeting your expectation. I can remember when my daughter applied for college. She was shocked when I actually had her complete the student loan application. I remember her saying to me, you're supposed to pay for this, not me. Now, this was not her fault. I failed to communicate what I was willing to do or not do. And of course she thought I was going to pay for it because 85% of parents pay for at least a portion of their child's tuition. I was single at the time, and I couldn't afford to pay her tuition, but I failed to have that conversation with her at the time. And I even failed when she made that comment by saying, I'm not paying for it. You're paying for it. You're the one who's going to college. Instead of sitting down and just actually talking to her about why I wasn't paying for it, I basically said, this is my decision. Here it is. 
Most differences of what's actually fair or not fair can simply be resolved by a conversation. Instead, what often happens is that we avoid having these hard conversations. Over time, one of us will become resentful of what they perceived as a lack of fairness. This mom is when the trouble really begins. We think that our young humans should know exactly what our expectations are. After all, we birthed them, we raised them, and they know us, right? We've also become accustomed to not explaining ourselves and our position on what's fair. Think about previous experiences when your kids were younger. Maybe we said, you can't say a bad word like that, it's not nice. But we really didn't explain why. And we didn't explain why adults can say those words and they can't. They are to listen to us because we told them how many of us have actually said, do it because I told you to do it. Communication is key in resolving these issues. And I want you to know, Mom, it's never too late to have these conversations. Let's take an example of how we can effectively communicate when we have a difference of opinion on who's responsible for what. Let me paint the scenario. The adult child has moved back home at 25 years old and with his 23-year-old bride. They have been living back home for six months and the tension is really high. Mom and dad are feeling the stress of the cost of having them there, the lack of communication of when they'll be home, the housekeeping, who will fix dinner, everything's a mess. Something as simple as the washing machine having clothes in it can cause mom's brain to work on overtime, thinking of the huge list of things that are not going right. Mom complains to dad, and then she complains to her friends that she has a failure to launch child, that she doesn't feel comfortable in her own home. Her well-meaning friends support her by telling her, well, kick them out. Now mom thinks something's wrong with her. How could she get to the point where she kicked out her child? And so begins her journey on avoiding it altogether. And this is when the ticking time bomb starts. No, it is not too late for this family to create a mutual understanding of fairness. Now here's five steps that you can use to create that mutual understanding. So step number one, mom, you have to get really clear on what's going on. I want you to sit down and write down all the things that are a problem for you. When you finish it, review it and make sure it's complete. Go back and cross off anything that really isn't that important in the big picture. You might think it's important if you are coming from a place where you feel like an emotional wreck. So you want to look at your list really objectively and then categorize them. This mom narrowed down her list to four categories. Number one, the cost of having them live there. They didn't expect that. The extra food, the extra utilities, everything has gone up. So there is a cost to having them live there. 
Number two, the housework and chores. That's been a real problem. The house isn't clean. It's driving mom crazy. Number three on her list was communication over dinner time was really causing her a problem. Either she wasn't making enough or she was making too much and wasting food. And then, of course, number four, this was supposed to be a temporary thing. So she's got her list of four categories. Now she's going to go on to step number two. She's going to write down each category and what she thinks is a livable situation that will resolve that issue. Building room for negotiation. For example, if you want to negotiate with your child, make sure that you're clear on how far you're going to negotiate. So for her, she took the cost of them living there and she decided that she wanted them to pay rent of $600 per month starting next month. She could be negotiable and say beginning in two months, or maybe she could negotiate the amount. But $600 seemed like a fair amount. It was like half of what an actual apartment would cost them. Number two, the housework and the chores. We need to have a housework plan. She goes out, she makes a weekly chart so that everyone gets to sign up for at least one chore each week. And then the communication over dinner time that's causing her such a problem. She's never clear on when they're going to be home for dinner. So on her housework schedule or chore list, she has a place where they can check off when they're going to be home for dinner making sure that they do this by 7 a.m. so that she can actually plan for the food. Now, this part about it being temporary, she gets to decide that she wants to take half of that rent, as an example, and put it in a savings account so that they'll be able to afford a place to move out on their own. The other half will be used to help them with the extra expenses. So let's talk about step number three. Mom, if you are married, you have to take that plan to your husband. You guys have to be in agreement on who should be doing the talking, if the plan is okay, if anything needs to change about the plan before you take the plan to your kids. You don't want to be negotiating the plan with your husband while you're presenting this to your kids. Decide ahead of time how far you're willing to negotiate. Does your husband have anything that he wants to add? Maybe he doesn't like where they park their car and he wants to add that. Step number four, you need to call a meeting with all the parties involved. Not just your son, who's the one that moved back home, but everyone. If you have other kids in the house, they should be included in the discussion as well because they're going to have chores as well. Consider how you might have this conversation without reviewing your entire list of what's gone wrong. That never helps anyone. You can use opening statements like, we want this to work out for all of us. We need your help in making this work better. Or, we want you to be open to the idea of... Or point out what they did right. I really liked how you told me the other day that you wouldn't be home for dinner. 
I was able to plan without wasting any food. Or we probably should have sat down when you moved in to outline the expectations. But we didn't, and we didn't know any better. But it's not too late, so here we are. So you're just setting that stage for a conversation to be calm and negotiable. And you're also owning any mistakes that you've made in the past. This is a great way to start saying we probably should have sat down when you moved in, but we didn't. And here we are. Come up with a mutual plan that works for all of you, if it's possible. Tell them what you think is fair and ask them to tell you what they think is fair. Step number five. This is a really important step that a lot of people forget. They sit down, they make an agreement. Everything seems to be going well, but they don't follow up. Setting a follow-up meeting that you're going to talk about what's working and not working is a way to decide if there's any adjustments that need to be made. So many times parents make these plans and some time goes by and then everything goes back to normal and then the anger starts again and you feel betrayed because you agreed to it. Everyone agreed to the plan and now they're not following it. You can just head this off by having a regular meeting and allowing everyone to talk about what is working and what is not working. The frequency of that meeting really depends on you. You have the expertise of knowing how long you should wait. Should it be every week? Should it be every month? You get to decide. Now, these steps can work in most situations that are causing you frustration with your kids having different expectations of fairness than you have. Paying the phone bill or paying insurance bills, loans, babysitting. So let's recap these five. Number one, make a list of the frustrations and categorize them. Number two, come up with a solution and be willing to be negotiable. Have that negotiation built into it already. Step number three, communicate with your spouse. Step number four, have a meeting with the mindset that you are there to solve the problem and the frustration on both sides. And step number five, follow up. After you do all this, what happens if they're not happy? And there's nothing that you can do. They're not happy unless it's their way or no way. This is where you just get to let them be unhappy, unfortunately. And I know that this might feel hard, but what are your options? Can you continue to live in frustration, ignoring it until it builds like an F5 tornado and you feel like destroying everything in your path? Or do you want to just let them be responsible for their own disappointment? I want you to consider just playing out both scenarios before you decide. But it is okay to let them feel disappointed by being responsible. If you are enjoying this podcast and find value in our discussion, I'd love to hear from you. Your feedback is incredibly valuable 
and it helps other worthy moms just like us discover this podcast. Additionally, if you know of any other mom who could benefit from this conversation, please share this podcast with her. Together we can build a supportive community of worthy moms just like us. Join me again next week for another empowering episode on the Midlife Worthy Moms podcast.